right, everybody, welcome back to A&D Do ID with a special section of neonatal complications of STDs. Just what everybody wanted to listen to today, I'm sure. I mean, I always screw these up, so I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely high-yield stuff that you're going to see, and there's some time frames that you have to remember, so I think that this is a good one to cover. We have covered STDs previously in our adolescent section, so if you need a refresher on that, just go ahead and listen to the adolescent section on STDs. But otherwise, this is going to be focusing on our babies with STDs, unfortunately. All right, so let's go ahead and start with gonorrhea and chlamydia because there's some time frames that you need to remember with these two. Ashley, do you remember which one affects the eyes and causes a conjunctivitis first, gonorrhea or chlamydia? Gonorrhea. So ah. gonorrhea will cause, gonorrhea causes chlamydia days, what, two to seven of life? Go- gonorrhea and does not cause chlamydia. It causes conjunctivitis. Well, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you're right. But here's the thing. I always remember it as we use erythromycin for bil- little babies on their eyes at birth because it covers gonorrhea, which is the thing that's going to happen first. So it's like the closest to birth, if that makes sense. That's how I kind of remember. Absolutely. So yeah, you'll typically see uh, conjunctivitis from gonorrhea first. That's like day two to seven. Because erythromycin can actually be irritating to the eyes, you may see a chemical conjunctivitis, but that's usually within the first 48 hours after birth. So you wouldn't typically think of gonorrhea that fast. Okay, well, what if, when does chlamydia hit, David? So that's where if you have a baby coming in around 14 days of life with a purulent conjunctivitis, you need to really think about, is this chlamydia? Because it can certainly have long-term complications for the baby if you miss it. Um, So at about two weeks, you're going to think about chlamydia. That makes sense to me. So while we're on the topic of chlamydia... It's actually chlamydia trachomatis is the most common reportable STD in the U.S., but for this purpose, we're focusing on the neonatal aspect. So we talked about conjunctivitis. If I told you or if I threw out the keyword staccato cough to you, what would that make you think of? Chlamydia pneumonia in the little babies, usually within the first couple of months, usually within Mm -hmm. the first like two months of life. Yeah. 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 And they're typically going to be afebrile, which is something we don't necessarily think of with pneumonia typically. So that's kind of, that's part of the chlamydia pneumonia. Um, That's staccato cough. They're going to be tachypnic. I think another key word that they like to throw out on the boards is they may say that they get a smear and there's the intracytoplasmic inclusion bodies. Yeah. I mean, what the heck does that mean? But yes, it means chlamydia. It's completely stupid, but yes, it's a, it's chlamydia. I totally agree, but it may be a word that you see. Um, so um, you didn't, you didn't tell me, David, you didn't tell me how to treat top chlamydia conjunctivitis. You going to do that? I know. I was just thinking about that, actually. So it's kind of interesting because it's uh, maybe a little bit of a faux pas medication in our, in our babies, and it's actually treated with oral erythromycin. Do you remember what happens when, yeah. you, when you give babies oral erythromycin sometimes? Uh, yes, I totally do. Will you tell me so then I can tell the rest of the world? What's the answer? So you can actually get uh, pyloric stenosis from oral erythromycin that's used within the first six weeks of life. Uh, I remember now that you said it. Yes, you're right. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it doesn't matter because chlamydia conjunctivitis is a bad thing, and so we still treat it with oral erythromycin. Right. It's one of those, like, if you if you just a side note, if you have to treat Rocky Mountain spotted fever or Lyme disease, you're still going to give doxycycline, even if it's a kid. Yeah, exactly. All right. It's worth it. Um, only other thing that you could be tipped off is they may say that the patient has an eosinophilia, uh, and that can make you think about the about chlamydia as well. So, I do want to make one like other point is that um, remember that moms often are asymptomatic to chlamydia. So like you can't just say, oh, mom doesn't have any symptoms, so the kid can't have chlamydia because like that's just not true. So. You should always think of it, even if mom doesn't think she has chlamydia, like, think about it. All right. So, really, those are those are the two for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Gonorrhea is just essentially going to cause a conjunctivitis. And then with chlamydia, you can see a pneumonia and a conjunctivitis in our neonatal population. Another uh, STD that can affect our neonates is syphilis. Uh, it's a little bit more complex than our other two that we just covered. Um, so, we'll go ahead and break that down. How about that? That sounds great. Do you remember the big tip-off uh, in congenital syphilis that in the boards in the board questions? Okay, so they, after now studying for boards, I feel like I can even answer these questions better. But so snuffles, which yep. is like copious like nasal secretion, and then they often have these weird bone findings. So they have osteochondritis, which is like this. Maybe we can put something in our uh, Twitter, but like they have these strange fight, like changes to their bone. Yeah, exactly. So definitely snuffles. You talked about the osteochondritis. The other thing is the Hutchinson teeth. So those peg shaped mm-hmm. teeth. Other than the Hutchinson teeth, I think a couple other things that you may see is like thrombocytopenia, uh, hemolytic anemia, mm-hmm. jaundice, hepatosplenomegaly. Yeah, exactly. So all of those things. Um, it's, it's they get actually, a weird rash. They do get a weird rash. And it's actually usually unrecognized at birth, unfortunately. Um, so mm-hmm. you get some of these developmental things, and then you may pick them up on a physical exam, and then you got to start to think about it, especially if uh, it gets missed on the screening for mom. So let's talk about um, one other thing that's kind of weird. The question is, mom, you know mom has syphilis, okay? Mom has syphilis, it's official. Or she at least had it while she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, do you treat the baby? If the mom was treated with penicillin at least one month before the baby was born, then no, you're good. The baby doesn't have it because penicillin actually crosses the placenta. But if mom was treated with erythromycin, because sometimes like if you're a penicillin allergy, they might use erythromycin, then the answer is yes, you have to treat the baby because erythromycin does not cross the placenta. That is definitely a good point. So as long as she was treated more than a month prior to delivery, you don't have to treat baby. As long as she was treated with penicillin. Perfect. All right. I like it. So as far as pre-pregnancy type things, mom should be tested with an RPR uh, or a VDRL and then also should be tested again at delivery. Those are going to be your best screening tests for syphilis in pregnancy. Um, We talked about there is transplacental transmission and then also can be transmitted at birth if there's any kind of uh, vaginal lesions, just like HSV as well. 
Okay, well, that sounds pretty good, I think, for uh, covering all these little babies who get STDs. We did not cover HIV because it is covered elsewhere. So look at our A&D do ID HIV, and the neonatal versions are covered on that that episode. All right. I hope this goes. I hope this was useful for everybody. No, that sounds great. All right. We'll catch you next time on A and D do ID. Bye, guys. Bye.